Remember, do not underestimate the power of the PlayStation. longer greatness has arrived welcome to the trophy room a playstation podcast made by the players for the players i am your host joseph and it is here on this very podcast where me and my best friend kyle talk about the latest and greatest in playstation each and every thursday please rate us five stars on itunes and with all that said with all that out of the way the greatest co-host whoever is whoever will be mr kyle stevenson how are you kyle doing great joe as good as i can be how I just hit perfection with that intro. Yeah, you did. You knocked it out of the park. First Honest try. To God. It usually takes us four or five tries, but this one. Yeah, but this you, time. And I, babe and Ruth, I, you called your shot, and there it is. <laughs> and then, like, usually, like, I'm like, intros don't happen this perfect. I was like, I must have not hit record. I was hitting record. So I didn't even jinx myself. This is amazing. <laughs> Kyle, we have a huge list of news. Yeah, which is so actually, I, I'm sorry for the little, like, weird laugh I just did, but no. you saying a huge week. Like, it's bonkers. We have, like, 11 <laughs> pages of notes. Yeah. And literally, there's only, like, three news stories. It all came one, from one interview. <laughs> one interview. Sean Layden. People complain about Sony not talking to the customers. We got <laughs> we got an episode for you. But we got we, before we talk about Sean Layden's lies about crossplay, before we talk about Sean Layden talking nice about Nintendo and Xbox, before we talk about Sean Layden talking about things, and then we got some days gone. Kyle, what have you been playing this week? Man, okay. So, uh, really, really quick, because there's yes. a lot to get to. Played a little bit more Kingdom Hearts. I got to the Toy Story world, yep. and um, I'm really souring on Kingdom Hearts 3. Why? It is. It kind of lost its luster. The <gasps> gameplay is getting super repetitive. No! And it's just not... It's not there. It's not what I was feeling in the Mount Olympus world, okay. and which sucks because I love Toy Story. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah. But when I, when I got there, it just kind of like... I don't know if it's the voice acting or just the repetitive gameplay nature mm-hmm. of that world. Maybe if I get to another one, it'll change. But I'm not feeling it right now, which sucks. You know, sometimes it happens. And JB, yeah. don't get upset. First yeah, and foremost, don't. Don't. Jonathan Brown, we got him a PlayStation. I'm so happy about this. This is his first Platinum. Oh, that's awesome. How amazing is that? That's so, awesome. If you don't know JB, JB's the guy that has made our beautiful intro. He's amazing. I love you, JB. Awesome that he's got yes, his first platinum. You, it's a game he loves. I haven't stepped back into Kingdom Hearts. I've been too busy playing Apex Legends. Too busy getting wins. Too busy focusing on getting the platinum. And then Mr. Alex Van Aken, while I was playing with him, he notified me there is no platinum trophy to Apex Legends. Ooh. Ooh. So why should I even 100% this game? Because you love it. I can tell you love it. You have that sparkle in your eye, Joe. Don't tell Fortnite. <laughs> but I really like this game, man. I've gotten about, like, I believe around, like, a baker's dozen Sweet. of uh, Battle Royale, or sorry, champions so far. I've become the champion about a baker's dozen times. So, okay. yeah, about, like, 13, 14, I think, around there. I, it's, I, it's so fun. And wow. I got to tell you, Joe, yeah. seeing all my friends and everyone online on Twitter and on Facebook mm-hmm. playing Apex Legends, mm-hmm. I'm getting the itch. I want to try it, but I, I'm so afraid that I'm going to suck so bad. I suck. We all suck. It's fine. It You're looks like a lot of fun, lose. so maybe it one is. of these days I will hop in. But there Especially is a game we have been playing, Kyle. Oh, yeah. We played this weekend. We played the Division beta. Yes, we did. 
since we have so much to talk about, yeah, where do you come down on this game? What are the three things you like? What are the three things you don't? Okay. I love the setting in DC. Okay. From what I remember from Division 1, that was very much dark and gloomy at all times. This one seemed like it had a lot more color to it. I love the way the guns feel. The moment I got a... It was like a hunting rifle of some sort. Yeah. Well, we were playing, like, it, it was just a one-shot thing. Like, I couldn't hold it down. It wasn't burst fire or anything. Like, I had to hit the button every time I wanted to shoot. It felt real good. I was yeah. picking people off pretty easily. There's, like, um, a science to, like, when the gun shoot. You know you have a good feeling game when the recoil, it feels like yeah. you, it has impact. Like the You feel it in the controller. Yep, yeah, absolutely. You, and then you feel it in the sound. That popping nature is just mm-hmm. so rewarding. What's another thing you like? And it's kind of weird because we both said it while we were playing. It is just more division, but I, I love the guns. I love the environment. The new, um, the new abilities, like the new secondary grenade things, yes, are super cool. I you have had a Sphero mind that tracks people, which blows is them what up. I had. It was like a seeker mind. You throw yep. it, and it automatically goes to the nearest enemy, yep. and then as soon as it gets close, it blows them up. Or, like, if they're too far away or if someone kills that person before it gets to it, It'll it just kind of roams around and find yeah. the next target, which yeah. is super cool. I Yeah, I had this drone, which wasn't that useful. It was yeah. kind of like it does, like, an aerial bombardment that you can control where it drops the bombs at. I was not good at that thing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, like, it is more division. Like, yeah. that's what this game is. It's it's not a, a, a leap ahead of, like, its competition. It's just more division. It feels like, to me, like, it's weird because I come down on this game a little harshly. I don't feel like I'm giving it enough credit because I love the first Division so much. Mm -hmm. But playing this game, I'm like, it's just more Division. And that's fine. It felt like more of an expansion pack, more than an actual sequel. And that's why, like, to me, as much as I did love the gameplay aspects, there are some things I can't look past, like... The textures look yeah. really blotchy. The yeah. pop-in is astounding at times. And I understand it's an older build of a game uh, pr- that's a month away. So we're probably looking at a build that's maybe like two or three months old. But yep. man, there was a lot of texture pop-in. There's a lot of weird glitches when it comes to people holding guns, people's faces not loading incorrectly. The yeah. children or their hair is sickly. see-through. Yes. Like you can see right through their hair. It was really weird. So I yeah. need to I need to go try it again when it has the public beta in I believe they said sometime in the beginning of March. Okay. I'm gonna give it another go yeah. because I like the promise of the end game. I love the gameplay, but mm-hmm. to me there's just so many games coming out. So yeah. Boho Tep writes in. And yes, we're doing a question right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, he asks us via Discord, I have a question for this week's Trophy Room. Since both of you and Kyle have had an opportunity to play both Anthem and the Division 2 betas, if you can only choose one to play, which one would you choose and why? I feel like for me, the Division might be, and I'm guessing your game, mm-hmm. the Division might be more up your alley because I feel like it's more soloable. You could play it alone. As where Anthem, it feels like it is trying to force you to play with other people. Mm-hmm. Am I getting that right? You are hitting it uh, nail on the head, yes. Yeah? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you think? What game do you think I like more? Uh, I, I think it's Anthem, for yeah. sure. Um, it's, not even, it's not even close to me. No, yeah. I, I knew that for you. And yeah. that's not me saying, like, I'm down on Anthem. I think mm-hmm. Anthem is super cool, but it's, like, I need to have time to play with people. And I feel like when during that Anthem demo... 
it really forced me into seeing as seeing it as a way to play with other people. Like yeah. me playing that mission solo was super difficult. Running out of ammo constantly. I talked about it last week, and and it was just really really hard. And I could tell that was their way. Of, thank you. Um, <laughs> you you could tell it was Bioware's way of saying, "Hey, you can do it this way, but the the uh, intended experience is with other people." Yeah. Yeah. Um, while as the division, I played Division One solo, so yeah. I feel like I can do it the same thing here. Yeah. For me, it also comes down the line of uh, I I love the storytelling more. In Anthem, like, the one thing, and I know it sounds so stupid, I can't get over the names of the enemies. Like, they're called the Hyenas. Oh, one, yeah. One group. And I'm like, yeah. what is this? A Disney Channel rival basketball <laughs> team? Like, but shout it, out to that opening of the Division demo. Oh, When you're going up awesome. into the White House. Yes. Oh, it's, so, it's really cool. Yeah. And then you have, like, the Sons, and they're all patriotic. I'm like, oh, this is a Far Cry game. They all have yeah. teams. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's just, it's in modern day. And if I can take... I could take an enemy named the hyenas in a fantasy setting yeah. more than like a average, like grounded, surreal game. I know it sounds stupid. It is stupid. It's a <laughs> leap I can't get over. It's mm-hmm. just me being dumb. But for me, I, I, I'll take a fantasy game over anything modern day. I like, I've yeah. seen, you know, Washington, DC, though this game's impressive. I'd rather see a city on Mars. Than, than you know Washington DC. Rather see Azeroth than any other location on planet Earth. I want to kind of just lose myself. So that's why really Anthem takes it for me. But with that, Kyle, we got some invitations the other day. We did. Right? I was so so grateful to get an invite yeah. through Twitter. I was yeah. I was so I was so we thankful. got an evite. It's not an invite. It's evite. Oh, true. Ben Studios and Sony Interactive, they gave everybody this invite code to go watch Deacon and Sarah's wedding from Days Gone. This is kind of like the intro video, or I guess one of the final trailers before Days Gone comes out uh, April 20th, I believe? 26th. Yeah, 26th. Bam, there you go. Kyle, would you like to read the first Google? Absolutely. Days Gone gets a new emotional story trailer. This comes from DualShocker, so go give him a click. PlayStation has released a new story trailer for Ben Studios' open-world game, Days Gone. The trailer shows Deacon St. John revisiting the church where he married Sarah Whitaker and having flashbacks to their wedding day. The reminiscing is cut short when a gang of enemies follows Deacon to the church and ambushes him. The trailer bounces between the past and the present with Deacon in the church remains. The enemies ride up on motorcycles too, clearly hunting for Deacon. Deacon doesn't seem to have any problem escaping the men inside and clearing out the ones outside the church, going so far as to use the sledgehammer on one of them. Question for you, Joe. Yes. Did this hype you up for Days Gone? Dude, okay, this is the trailer they should have shown. Yeah. This is a trailer they should have shown at E3. Yep. This is something. This trailer looked awesome. And like, I, I feel like this trailer should have been way further back than just two months before release. Yeah, this is this trailer was legitimately got me pumped for yeah. this game. And we all feared that like Sony was kind of just letting this game go by the wayside. It didn't, you know, premiere this game at E3. It was kind of during the in-between segments of yeah. the weird E3 show. Um, and we haven't heard much about Ben Studios and Days Gone afterwards, other than a Game Informer uh, interview and such. Mm-hmm. So with that, coming into this this trailer, it's all gameplay. It's not like CG. It's not showing yeah. you more than what this game is. And from what I saw, I saw a broken man fighting with 
the struggle that is the loss of we pr- could presume the loss of his wife. He's he's standing in the church where it's burned to the ground, and that's where he proposed. Or sorry, that's where he saw his saw his vows. He said his <laughs> vows to his wife. Yeah. You see his friend sitting there, the only person in the church, like clapping for him. And then yeah, you see this biker gang, and then you you get this question of like, okay, so why does this biker gang hate him? Yeah. Like and then you're like, okay, so it's not more than just these freakers and some other weird cultist like people. Mm-hmm. There's also this other biker gang that's kind of still there. It made me wonder, okay, what's going on in this world? I want to know more about Deacon. I want to know what happened to his wife. I want to know what happened to that church. I want to yeah. know why this gang really hates him. And yeah, like the action was pretty damn awesome. I feel like some people deviated the way that they presented the the gunplay, but yeah. it was straight up gameplay gunplay. And that yeah. was awesome. I digged it. And I'll, I'll be honest, I thought for a while that this game might be Sony's crackdown. That this this is going to be a game that kind of, yeah, Sony kind of pushes to the bottom and just kind of lets it go and lets it die. But no, I'm taking what I'm seeing. Yeah. I actually really have a lot of faith for this game. Yeah. yeah. What for, about you? For, for me, like, I've always been high on Days Gone. I, yeah. I, I love the look of it and the feel of the world that, that Ben Studios created. And um, sure, I, it does look a little Last of Us-y. Um, yeah. But is that a bad thing, though? Like, everyone keeps saying that. Is that a bad thing? Because I love that type of world. At this point, I don't see Last of Us that much anymore in this game. Sure, yeah. Especially from this trailer. It kind of gives me a Sons of Anarchy meets a Walking Dead vibe more than it gives me Last of Us vibes anymore. Mm -hmm. I think it's starting to distinguish itself away from Last of Us and making it something different. And mm-hmm. I can't wait. I hope they're at PAX. I'll be at PAX. Um, I'm I'm pumped, man. I'm excited nice. for this yeah, game. Yeah, I am too. I can't wait. Yeah. And Kyle, with that, let's get to our next news story. Oh, oh boy, here we Uber. go. Okay, let me, go. let me let me let me set the audience down. Let me sit you down. Let me tell you a tale before we go with this page long quote from Sean Layden. Sean Layden sat down in what was, at least what appears to be, the longest interview I've ever seen with him in CNET. So he sat down with CNET to talk about the future of PlayStation, and overall, it's a huge interview where Sean Layden lays down the path of the future of the platform. There's so much stuff here, so please give CNET a click because they've done most of the work here. And with that, the CNET interviewer asked Sean Layden for... The reason why Sony's decision to pull out of E3 this year, and Sean Layden said this. Kyle, take it away. When we decided to take video games out of CES back in 1995 during the PlayStation 1 era, E3 served two constituencies, retailers and journalists. Retailers would come in, you'd see a guy come in and he'd say, I'm from Sears and I handle Hot Wheels, Barbie, VHS, and video games. So what are you about? There was a huge educational component. Then you had journalists who had magazines and lead time and jockeying for position on the cover. And there was no internet to speak of, so a trade show at that time of year for this nascent industry was exactly what we needed to do. So retail has really dropped off. And journalists now, with the internet and the fact that 24-7 there is game news, it's lost its impact around that. So the trade show became a trade show without a lot of trade activity. The world has changed, but E3 hasn't necessarily changed with it. And with our decision to do fewer games, 
bigger games over longer periods of time, we got to a point where June of 2019 was not a time for us to have a new thing to say. And we feel like if we ring the bell and people show up here in force, people have expectation. Oh, they're going to tell us something. We are, pro- uh, we are progressing the conversation about how do we transform E3 to be more relevant? Can E3 transition more into a fan festival of gaming where we don't gather there to drop the new bomb? Can it just be a celebration of games and have panels where we bring game developers closer to fans? When asked about the format, whether it be PSX or Nintendo Direct, Layden dodged the question. So with that, Kyle, thank you. Beautiful. I would have stumbled around that eight or nine times at least. <laughs> if we're right when it gets to nascent, I would have been like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I said that word wrong, so thank you for that. That's fine. <laughs> with that, Kyle, this explanation makes a ton of sense to me. Like, when Sony announced this, we got really worried, and it's still a really risky move. Mm-hmm. But for me, I see where he's coming from, right? What are, your, yeah. what are your thoughts on his explanation? Does it make more sense now why they're doing it? Do you still think it's a good idea? So as, as, as somebody who I've said this on the show before, when we heard that Sony was backing out of E3, I was bummed out. Because yeah. E3 is one of my favorite times of year, mm-hmm. and I love seeing what Sony does. And doing the E3 PlayStation Theater experience in the city is one of my favorite things to do. So when they pulled out, I was bummed, majorly bummed. Mm. But after hearing him say this and how he why it can't just be a celebration of games and have fans come together to play games, it has me super excited. Yeah. Because that's exactly what PSX was and is. Yeah. So the fact not that they're that not going to... Well, yeah. Um, in the future, hopefully. Like, yeah. if they move what they do at E3 and make it into a PSX thing, yeah, I am 100% in for that because... Mm-hmm. What is a better audience for PlayStation that time, at that time? Than yeah, to get people a- who love PlayStation to go to your thing and then bring the news to them, which is fantastic. Yeah, and I think that like what he's saying right there, I think this screams that they're going to have something that is in between of a Nintendo Direct style where they have this, instead of like, you see it at every E3, there's a technical glitch, someone stubs over a line or two, it gets a little awkward, you have that one guy in his mom's jean jacket talking about racing (laughs) games, he has no idea what he's doing. Um, You have those moments that kind of deviate from the point of E3, and for me, like I love E3, ever since it was televised as a kid, I would watch it. It It is like... For me, it is Christmas, right? It is like a new Star Wars coming out. I freak out. We gush over it. Everybody does a stream. I get that a lot of eyes are on E3 as well. And this is a huge risk from Sony just to pull out and have everybody else have the limelight of E3. But to me, I don't see the point anymore. I love what he says. It has to be a celebration of games. And he's not saying they'll never come back. It's just they have to... They have to change it up a little bit because what I saw today, there was a, I don't know if you guys know this, okay, because this is a Sony club. Hail Sony, praise be to shoe. It was his (laughs) birthday. Happy birthday, shoe. Yeah. Happy birthday, Nintendo Direct just dropped the first one this year. I watched it and I watched it on the big TV. So I only saw how many people were watching from the pre-show, which is just a blank screen. People Mm -hmm. waiting to watch, not just jumping in when the action's happening. There was or. On, on YouTube alone, I don't know if it was also on Twitch, YouTube alone, there was over 125,000 yeah. people watching in that moment for Nintendo to announce things. 35 yeah. minutes of pure 
gameplay, gameplay, gameplay. Next game, next game, next game. Here's we're gonna stop here. We're gonna show you something big. Next game, next game, yeah. next game. Show you something huge at the very end. Show you another thing huge at the end. Bam, you're done. And everybody yeah. afterwards, this whole day has been leading up to this event. What are they going to show? The rumored games that are coming out. The hype that's around it, right? And then the yeah. aftermath of people, from what I've seen, has been a pretty positive experience over this Nintendo Direct. They have controlled the news cycle, and it's only focused on them. That's mm -hmm. what you want. And when I see E3, I see this conference where it's not all eyes on you. It's all eyes on you for a few hours, for sure. But you're not having a whole day. Yeah. Right? It's not all of a sudden where you have this shadow drop of an announcement. People get hyped for it. Bam. All eyes on you. You're competing with Bethesda, EA, Ubisoft, Microsoft, Nintendo, uh, Square Enix sometimes. Yeah. You're... you're you have all these other companies vying for what you should get excited about where there's some games that get lost in the shuffle because yeah, all eyes are on something else. Mm -hmm. And with that, like you have the conversations afterwards of not even was your, were the games great, but who won? Yeah. Who lost? Who's it's taken losers? away from the games and the experiences as to why we're gamers. Yeah. And so with that, I see why they pulled away from E3 and you have to say it's not, they're not the first. Right? Like, other companies have pulled out. Activision, we're going to talk about them, have pulled out. Nintendo has pulled out in some capacity. Rockstar. Rockstar as well. There's several, 2K, there's several companies that have pulled out of E3 because, yeah, there's no point for it anymore. It's an old, it's an old thing, and I understand that sometimes we get scared over change as gamers. I always think about it on the car ride over. How, like, this industry, as much as I love it, is always kind of behind when it comes to mm -hmm. tech. Like, we started streaming games. We started talking about streaming right now. Like, yeah, there's on live back in the mid-2000s. But, I mean, right now there's a huge push to streaming being the future. Whereas the movie industry, TV industry, it's been there for years as a yeah. prominent fixture. We, we just got to the point where digital is now the most prominent fixture in how you get your entertainment when it comes to video games. Movies, TV, it's been that way for, for years now. Yeah. So I understand we don't like change, but I also feel like it's better for everyone if E3 does change. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's what I yeah. think. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just had a huge rant. I hope it was worth it. No, it's fine. <laughs> With this, though, do you think it's going to be a mistake? Do you think this could blow back in their face? And yeah, this could be a win for Microsoft or Nintendo. Do you think it's going to be that? I, 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 I do not think it's going to hinder them. At all. Mm. The only way it will hinder them is if they come out and their first major, whether it's a direct, whether it's PSX, and yeah. it just, there's nothing of substance there. Okay. It's just there just to be there type of thing. Then, um, Kyle, would you do me the honors and reading the next part? The, sure. Will Sony leave? Oh, sorry. Sony will say it will leave no gamer behind. Says there's life to local consoles just yet. This comes from Push Square. Same interview, by the way. Yeah. And with that, let me set you the scene, Kyle, if I may. Sean, me and Sean Layden are best friends. I go, we go by first name basis. Sure. That's why I'm just so comfortable calling him Sean. We, <laughs> he was brought up the possibility of streaming and new competitors like Apple, Google, Microsoft with their uh, Project Cloud. And whether Sony feels like streaming is the future of gaming, Shawnee Boy had this to say, Kyle. 
If you're PlayStation and you're available in 168 countries around the world, streaming will be a thing which will have interest to certain people in certain places. But still, for the vast majority of the gaming community, our 94 million PlayStation 4s out there, I think there's much left or there's much life left in a local console. Layden reiterated that given the global appeal of PlayStation, it will always provide solutions for locations that simply don't have the infrastructure for streaming. If the PlayStation can continues to grow at this rate, we could leave no gamer behind, he said. But streaming is something the PlayStation is active in, and we want to make sure we keep current in that technology. Okay, and with that, there's been news, we'll talk about it just briefly here, that Sony has, Sony SIE, Sony uh, Interactive Entertainment, has a new boss in Jim Ryan, yeah. who has taken over John Cadera's position, and John Cadera, it looks like, is back at the networking side of things mm-hmm. when it comes to Sony. It looks like Sony is restructuring itself for the beginning of this next generation, and it looks like PSN is going to be a big part of it. What do you take by that quote? Do you think that the next PlayStation 5, this gives a huge light into what the next PS5 is, which is there is no streaming box. It is just the regular console yeah. that we know. Yeah, I, I think that is kind of what it leads itself to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that does make me a little excited. Yeah. Uh, because I am a physical person or a physical person, <laughs> physical media person. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that does make me happy that we are not being left behind, um, mm-hmm. especially because you talked about the direct before. I went to download the Tetris Battle Royale. It took me forever to download. And that's just a simple Tetris game. So it's Kyle, fa- real talk? Yeah. When they announced that, I saw the logo and I just jokingly <laughs> said to myself, I wish I had people in front of me. I was like, watch, this is a Tetris tetris battle royale game and <laughs> i'm just like i gave myself a little chuckle and then when they're like 99 players i was like no tetris no it's like only one remain i'm like no tetris go home you're no. drunk go ahead joe <laughs> T- tell them what happened when we started this call you, you i saw you playing this tetris <laughs> battle royale game yeah the call started with me playing in, in mid battle royale and tetris but that's Christ. that's whatever but like yeah. a smaller game like that took me over 40 minutes to download yeah and so I need to be able to get my games quicker and on a disc so I don't wait forever. And I know that's like a first world problem. Oh, I got to wait to play a game that I don't really need to play. Yeah. But like for me as a gamer, I want to play it as soon as possible. Because like if I put in you, my hard earned money, I yeah. want it like now. Was Tetris Battle Royale free? Uh, free if you had the Nintendo online service, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. d- that's just why I was wondering. Yeah, my question, and I mean, it's not a first world problem per se. Well, it is. Mm-hmm. But like when it comes to gaming, it, it's it's something where you're not the only one. Anybody yeah. in a rural area does not have the, the capacity for streaming. And I like what he said here. Like, we're in 168 countries. <clears throat> Yeah, some of which are like in the Middle East, Eastern Europe, and they don't have the best internet access. Even here in the states, do not have the best internet. Our internet sucks in a lot of places. There are some people in in the South in Tennessee. By God, look at who just came back to the party! Oh by no, God. like a June bug on a Sunday. By God, I'll tell you, I you switched it up to insects. What happened? By to God, I like a good insect sandwich every now and again. I live in the bayou in Louisiana. Fair. Fair. I'm a crab fisherman. I grab it by by the hand. And uh, by the way, when it comes to online, they're still rocking. Some of them still rocking DSL. 
Yeah. Right? Depending on where you go, it's just not that great. So when it comes to streaming, I think of, yeah, like San Francisco, New York City, right? Like the tri-state area where I'm from. You go out to out of the suburbs and you go into the more rural areas, their internet's not that great, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to streaming. You know, so when I think of streaming platforms, you know, they're not saying it's never happening. They're just saying, mm, not right now. That's yeah. not a thing. And it also, this whole quote of like your competitors, Apple, Google, Microsoft, these are huge names. Like Microsoft's been here, but like Apple and Google are coming in. Yeah. That's, that's huge. Mm-hmm. And Sony doesn't say they're not, right? They just know like we're aware. And that's what's really interesting when we get into the future of this platform war. It's not just Sony. It's not just Microsoft. It's not just Nintendo anymore. It's Apple. It's Google. Who knows who else comes in and starts vying for for power? Does Amazon try it again? <laughs> it's it's like the Anchorman scene where all the bat- news stations come and battle. <laughs> yeah. So like to me, this gets me hyped because yes, I don't like the idea of streaming because to me, it's like the Pandora's box where everybody's gonna have a streaming service and it's kind of like what you have now. Everything's so segmented. If you want HBO, if you want Netflix and Hulu, it's like. Why might as well just pay for regular TV at that point? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I don't like the idea of streaming, but it's also saying, hey, we're we're not kicking it to the curb. We understand it's a future. It's just not the future yet. Yeah. It's just not there yet. It's awesome. Th- this may be like if you want to really dive deep into it. Yeah. Maybe PS Five has two different versions, type of thing. Two different. Just like views. just like uh, Scarlet. Exactly. So. It could, hmm. could be happening that way. Well, my question for you, Kyle, do you think it's going to be like if the rumors are correct on the Xbox side where it's a it's a launch on the same day, like they're launching two pieces of hardware on the same day, one streaming, one not? Or do you think that streaming box is going to come later down the line for PlayStation and not I, on day I f- one? I feel like it, it probably it should be day and date as the regular one. Yeah. So that way you give people the options if they want either way. Mm-hmm. Um but who knows? Yeah, this I don't know either. Rumor. Yeah, yeah, and that—that's we need to have like the future of PlayStation episode, so we could get all this rumors and speculation. We could get all of it out of the way, because yeah. honestly, it always—it's—it's it's not the interesting. Tinfoil hats we, on, really. Yeah, we just get like, a tinfoil hats on. I like it when it's months before you have a clear-ish idea of what it's going to be, rather than like I want to make me toast while I play Apex. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I something realistic. I like yeah. the realistic takes, not this, like, it's going to be a hoverboard. <laughs> yeah. I saw a kid with a hoverboard in class the other day. Oh, God. And he's zipping Come and zoodotting. And I'm Come like, what is, what's the matter with you? Don't be yeah. that person, please. Don't be that person. Nobody likes that person, okay? Jesus. <laughs> Next goober on the list is oh, Sony boy. trying to shut down crossplay. This comes from Game Informer. Kyle? <clears throat> yes, sir. Take it away. In an interview with Game Informer, Sean Layden said, All it takes is for publishers and developers who wish to permission it. As ever, just work with your PlayStation account manager, and they will walk you through the steps that we've learned through our partnership with Epic on how this works. I don't believe right now that there is any gating factor on that. I think they're open to make proposals, because the Fortnite thing worked pretty well. The problem is that developers say they 
that they have been talking to Sony, and it's been shutting the discussions down. The latest studio to weigh in on the situation is Chucklefish, which recently released Wargroove with console crossplay across Xbox One, PC, and Nintendo Switch. Riding on Reset Era, the company's CEO, Finn Bryce, said that it had been in constant communication with the Japanese giant about adding the feature to the PS4 version of the strategy game to no avail. We've made many requests for crossplay, both through our account manager and directly with higher-ups, all the way up until release month, he wrote. We were told in no uncertain time, oh, excuse me, we were told in no uncertain terms that it was not going to happen. From our side, we can literally toggle a switch and have it working. Of course, policy work might be more complicated for Sony. I just wanted to provide some balance on the issue and say that it certainly isn't a question of developers having not contacted their account managers or having dropped the ball. We were told no. Sean Capri drives by shouting some <laughs> hateful words at us. I love Discord. that. He's just driving by. He's just constantly in his car. Yeah. And he's- Shives up, he's like, hi, it's me, Sean, like Connery, Capri, like the pants. And hi, Mr. Badbit, long, first time, long time, question for the show. Why is your leader a liar? And then he drives off. With <laughs> that, Kyle. Yeah. Is my boy, my good friend Sean Layden, mm-hmm. of whom we're on a first name basis. Is Shawnee boy lying to me? This is tough, Joe. It, I feel like he is. <laughs> why? What makes you? Why do you think he's lying to us? To us? I mean, yeah, like Chucklefish comes out and says eh, it's not as easy as Sean Layden makes it out to be. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think they're trying to sweep up crossplay under the rug? Uh, hmm. it, potentially. This is this is a really tough situation on both yeah. sides because maybe it's a thing where like Sean just doesn't know about it, which I find highly unlikely. And other people below him are the ones who are like really shutting it down from smaller teams. But then, if you look at it the other way, why is Chucklefish uh, CEO? Uh, let me get his name again, uh, Finn Bryce. Yeah. Why would he even come forward with this if it didn't happen? What does he have to gain for for coming up with this? I think this is Sony being dumb. Yeah. I honestly, God, I I this is the dumbest thing. And again, this is a PlayStation podcast, right? I've heard the most apologetic. I, I listen to other PlayStation podcasts, and I gotta say, it's amateur hour over there, okay? Because <laughs> I hear the most apologetic people on this camp go, "It's not that bad." Sean Leiden's right; no one uses it. Like, mm-hmm. like there's a part in this quote that I find so ridiculous. It's like, well, actually, if you look at the metrics, not enough people actually use it to really give a damn. But we're still doing it. It's like. You don't have the numbers to back that up. You don't have, yeah. You may have them. You're not showing them publicly to us to prove otherwise. So that's just hearsay, right? Yeah. In Judge uh, Judge Stevenson's courtroom, that'd be thrown out immediately. One hundred percent. And so when I think about this this response, and I think about what Chucklefish has said, because during this weekend we had High Res Studio uh, giving putting out a tweet and a lot of other little developers calling little sorry smaller developers calling out Sony going it's not easy we've been asking for crossplay you're not doing it we're ready break down the barrier Be- break yeah. down these walls enough is enough and Sony kind of go no 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 it's it's pretty easy trust us folks and chucklefish coming out with one of the one of a really big indie hit so far going actually no uh, we talked to you guys 
our game's not on PlayStation 4. We can now start to understand the reason why it's not on PlayStation 4. Yeah. Because you won't let crossplay happen, which sucks because I have that game on my Switch. I'd rather play it on my PlayStation, but mm-hmm. I bought it on my Switch because, Sony, you won't fucking, you won't get with the times. And I'm and, not going to sit here yeah. and be apologetic. It's not that bad when it's so stupid. This is something that we thought you, you, we've opened the floodgates to, right? Fortnite, yeah. biggest game. Rocket League, one of the biggest games out there, now have crossplay. You would think more developers. You would think, like, and he even says in the, in the quote, I'm sorry, no, like, it's okay. it's been a success so far. So why won't you do with more? And I think you just kind of ran into it there is you said uh, Fortnite, one of the biggest things in pop culture going today. Rocket League, one of the biggest gaming services uh, in the last five years, yeah. easily. Yeah. Those two you can do crossplay on. And why? Because they're huge. And they have a huge player fan base. And so Sony is saying people are already playing it. it yeah. It's a given thing. These smaller things, I feel like on Sony's side, they're like, you need to prove to us that it's worth our time. It's not even that it. to me, Kyle. And, and you can you can tell me I'm wrong if I'm if I am. I feel like they let Fortnite and Rocket League have it because they were the two most vocal about crossplay. So they have this beta, they bring them on, and then everybody shuts up and they're content. I I think I talked about this a few weeks back about my fear of of Sony with their crossplay strategy is that they're not doing it fast enough. They're not controlling the conversation. They're letting the conversation control them. And honestly, Sean, it's either I'm sorry, I'm not being apologetic here. It's either you don't know what's happening behind the scenes or you do know and you're complicit. So it's either you're ignorant or complicit. Which one are you? Yeah. It's not a good look. No, you're 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 100% correct. And I again, it kind of goes back to like Rocket League and Fortnite being vocal and why it worked is because they already have a huge fan base installed mm. there. Yeah. So of course those fans want it to happen. I just it's so it's so stupid and I hate this. It is yeah. elitist PlayStation PS3 era type of response again and I don't like it. Yeah, Adam Gumby writes in, and he via Twitter at PS Trophy Room. You should follow us sometime. We 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 drop some pretty cool memes every now and again. He goes, "Do you think Sony needs to figure out this crossplay slash progression, or do you think it doesn't matter that much and people are overreacting?" I think that's what you're getting at, and I'll be. Oh, sorry. I think that's, that's you. Yeah, <laughs> that's I responded back. I go, I think what you get at. I'll put that on the show. Hey, Adam Gumby, I put that on the show. Do you think people are overreacting? Do you think that I, I don't I don't think anybody's overreacting. I think this is I dumb. don't no, I don't think so too, because they made it they made such a huge point that they were working on making crossplay a thing. Yeah. And then to find out that they are like, Oh, it's it's easy. Just yeah. you know, just do flip it. it. Yeah. And then oh, these, flip these, switch, but it's fun. We we we've seen success out of Fortnite thing and I'm no. like it, it's stupid and yeah. I hate it. It it makes me sad because yeah. it's again it's like sony top dog type mm-hmm. of mentality i don't it think it's really even care. that i just think it's sony n- nervous like i was but what talking... do they have to be nervous about joe because they're Apple. selling consoles like crazy right now we're buying games right now like my my thing is like we talked about it before i talked about it on the playstation nintendo podcast with bobby pauls you should check it out um bobby uh talks about toby <laughs> taking bananas hole 
Sure. Yeah. You also said we were trash, and I yeah. stopped you know, listening immediately. Fuck Bobby, you know what? Don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> it's no, okay. I love you, Bobby. But we had a really good conversation where he said, "Yeah, this is ignorant, Sony." Yet again, I'm like, "This is not ignorant, Sony. This is nervous, Sony." When you think of Sony, you don't think of like their TVs, though I own them. I love them, right? Mm-hmm. They're doing okay in certain sectors. They're not making bank like the PlayStation sector makes Sony tons and tons of cash. So when Sony sees this one area they're doing really, really great in, and then they start hearing rumors of Apple and Google and other competitors coming into this race, competitors that have, look, Amazon, Apple, Google. They have infinite money. They could throw something at the wall and make it stick, right? Mm-hmm. And Microsoft too, and that's why there's such a difficult, difficult, uh, difficult foe to attack. There you go. I could say words. So when you see Sony right now going, well, we don't know, and kind of tongue tied at the moment, I think it's because they're nervous because next generation is coming. Apple and Google are marching at the doorstops. They they are making. You know, this whole streaming thing, a reality. And that makes PlayStation really nervous. So don't mistake their silence with elitism. To me, it's nervousness. And that gets me scared for Sony in the future. This news isn't good because they're reacting to it in a, in a meek way when they should be meeting it dead on and controlling the conversation instead of letting Microsoft have it. They should be having this conversation. And they're Agreed. not. Mm-hmm. Get it together, Sony. I'm sorry. Get it Let me together. check my blood pressure. Get it together, guys and ladies. I'm alive. I'm alive. PlayStation exec Sean may be liar laden. <laughs> <laughs> Never underestimate the, the, the power of Nintendo. This comes from Dice and says the following. During his DICE 2019 keynote speech, SIE Worldwide Studios chairman Sean Layden discussed not only Sony's place in the gaming market, but how both Nintendo and Microsoft are working to improve the industry in various ways. In his Beyond Generations keynote, Layden said, The best-selling console of 2018 in the U.S. was the Nintendo Switch. Nintendo took a massive risk when they brought this to the market. People thought Nintendo might one day be out out of the hardware business. People would say things like, kids play games on mobile phones and tablets. Dedicated portable gaming is dead and gone. But as I've said before, never underestimate Nintendo. All of us are better for their efforts. Later in the speech, Layden discussed Microsoft's Xbox Adaptive Controller, which has allowed gamers with disabilities to play games tailored to their specific needs. It is our responsibility to continue to broaden the tent, to continue to ensure that everyone can play, all are welcome here, said Layden. We must keep striving to make games more accessible, as Xbox has done with its adaptive controller, and we have had the privilege to do with our software titles. Okay. This is the Sony. This, this is, is what the I want. Sony. This we is need. what I want from them. Yes. We need togetherness more than ever. We mm-hmm. need the Sony that acknowledges their competition in meaningful ways. That does give them name drops and shout outs. Like what they said about Nintendo is awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. It's like, yeah, no, we're better because Nintendo is here. We're better because Microsoft made the adaptive controller, which is to me, out of all the things Microsoft has made, every mm-hmm. single one, you could take Game Pass, Crackdown, I don't know. You can take Game Pass, connect. whatever. Connect, connect. <laughs> Who can forget the connect? Right? Who can? Man, what a... 
who could forget Star Wars Connect? <laughs> who could forget the Red Ring? Anyway, nonetheless, like they're like the adaptive controller, which is maybe yeah. one of my favorite things that have come out this generation. For sure. It's so beautiful, and have to see them at the Super Bowl and have the best commercial I've ever seen ever. One hundred percent makes still gets me emotional just thinking about it. Is yep. awesome seeing Sony come out and and give credit to their competition. This is the Sony we want to see because it doesn't make you look smug, doesn't make you look like an asshole, makes you look cool, it makes you look humble. That's the Sony I want to see more of. Yep, this is awesome. Sony, keep doing this. But with yeah. that, he said, mobile games, they're not dead. Kyle. Yeah. Does this give you hope for a Vita 2? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's dead, I would Kyle. love it. It's dead. I know it's dead. I know, Joe. I know it's dead. It's, but come on, man. Yeah. I want it. You, I, oh my God. I'm, I'm, I'm flustered just at the thought of a new Vita. I feel It's. You. If the moment those words are said, it might not even be called the Vita 2. Yeah. I will I make sure I film myself because I will run. <laughs> and I don't run. I will run out of this house. Yeah. Yeah. I will be so excited. Now, my next question. I think someone on the Discord asked this and I, I forgot to put it in. Um, that's what she said. Why would she say that? Anyway, I don't know. do you see Sony make their own adaptive controller, or do you think they will, in the future, partner up with Microsoft and let the adaptive controller work on PlayStation products? That would be really cool if yeah. they said, hey, Microsoft, we would love to have it be a one-all type of thing mm-hmm. where you can use it no matter what. Um, I think it's wise for Sony to make their own. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't put it past them that they are making one of their own because um, they are definitely letting other companies make their own controllers yeah. for PlayStation with, yeah. with Scuff and... Um, the Astro controller that we have yeah. coming in. So uh, I feel like Sony is kind of releasing the reins on uh, peripherals and accessories. So do you think like thing? a Power A is going to make an accessible controller rather than PlayStation? Uh, than a Sony branded yeah. one? I think if anything, it Sony will may have another company make one f- make yeah. one for them. I wish that they they did a I, forward stance like that. I agree. You know, and and then even go one step farther and just go, hey, listen, Microsoft has one at every one of their stores. We're having one at every single Best Buy. Yeah. Right. Like we're having yeah. one at every single GameStop, every Kmart. Kmart's yep. still around. Kmart. I don't know. No. Sorry. Wait. Target. There you go. <laughs> I was like, do we want people going to Walmart? No, Target. Target. No. Like, every Target, you got one in aisle seven. Like, that's that's awesome. Treat it like something that we do see in other, like, game stores. That you shouldn't have yeah. to special order something because you have a disability. It just should just be there. It's yeah. so awesome, Sony. Do it. It's beautiful. Please. The power Please. gaming. Kyle, what's the next story? Uh, we kind of hit on this earlier. Do you want? Do you still want to read this story? You know what, Kyle? I'm ready for everything. Ready Anything for everything? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then, PlayStation Europe veteran Jim Ryan is the new president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment. This comes from Push Square. He's best known for a wonky camera and a few greatly exaggerated quotes about backwards compatibility. But PlayStation Europe veteran Jim Ryan is the new president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, effective from April 1st. 
In response to the relentlessly fast-moving video game market, incumbent gaffer John Codera has decided to step down from his current role as representative director and deputy, deputy president. Effectively, Kodera, who is always billed as a network maestro, will focus his efforts on the PlayStation Network, while Ryan will commandeer the rest of the business. Sony CEO Kenichiro Yoshida explained, I believe that this new structure, where Jim will manage SIE's overall organization and operations, and which will allow John to focus on the key mission to further develop PSN that has now grown into an immensely large platform with over 90 million monthly active users worldwide, will enable SIE to accelerate its innovation and evolution even further. John, I mean, sorry, Jim Ryan just pulled a Robert California. (laughs) I love... That's two office references in this episode. I love it. (laughs) He drove up to John Cadera's office, wherever that is, right? I don't know. I only know where Andrew House lives. And we'll get to that segment soon. We'll get there, yeah. Um, And he convinced him to demote himself to deputy and let him run the business side, where Cadera will run the network side of things. And my question to you, with... The news stories that's going around with crossplay. Jim Ryan said about a year ago something pretty stupid that they didn't want to crossplay to protect kids, right? Yeah. They wanted to, you know, they didn't want kids to go outside other ecosystems. I don't know. It was stupid. It was exaggerative. And it was not progressive way of thinking, right? Mm-hmm. It's not putting your best foot forward, it's putting the foot right in the old mouth. Are you worried that Jim is now in control of the helm at Sony when it comes to crossplay? I am, and it's not even just crossplay; it's the backwards compatibility as well, mm. where he he feels like that's a waste of time. Um, right. right. There was yeah, another this, quote about that as well. I forgot. Yeah, yeah the, it, it worries me a little bit. It, it makes me wish Andrew House was still there. Yeah, it it it, it really does. Uh, Want me to knock on his door see if he's doing anything? Like, yeah, okay, next time you go there to pick up his mail, mm-hmm. just try to sit down and have a chat with him. Like, hey, Andy, he does not want to talk to me. That's the problem. <laughs> well, he very much wa- does not want me near him. You keep leaving holes around his house, but that's a segment in yeah. a couple of minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, to me, I don't. It worries me. Yeah, I think Jim is a good soldier. I am mm-hmm. a little worried. Oh, because he said some stupid shit. <laughs> but hey, again, it, going back to an office reference. Yeah, this is like Dwight running the office. Ooh, boy, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't uh, say that. It, it's pretty close. It's kind of like Andy. It's not going to be the okay, same. Better comparison. Yes, but it's better. Yeah. I, here's my thing: we give Jim a lot of shit, but he is good at running a business. And I think mm-hmm. if the evidence is there to push Sony in one direction or the other. He's going to make those executive decisions and seeing like a a lot of articles make reference to, and it is no joke. Jim Ryan has made PlayStation so dominant in Europe. It's ridiculous. Sony's dominance in Europe and then grown over to uh, Britain where uh, Xbox had huge ground and now they're starting to make up ground in Europe. But Sony has the stronghold in Europe that, yeah, Jim Ryan, we have to give him credit. He did that. Mm-hmm. So if he focuses on, hey, let me just run the business. You run the network, John. And if John goes to Jim and goes, hey, listen, crossplay is not affecting our bottom line. Uh, people really want this. Our network could support it. Here's what we need to do to make our uh, platform relevant in the next few years. I feel like he's going to do that. 
I hope so. I just don't think he's good at talking in front of a camera, which someone like Phil Spencer is good at. Yeah. But I think you can use someone like Shuhei Yoshida. Happy birthday, Shu. Happy birthday to Shu. That's a new segment. Happy birthday <laughs> to Shu. Anyway, like like Shu or um, or like Sean Layden is. Sean yeah. Layden's very prolific, right? You can have the PlayStation blog run out and tell your fans what you want them to say. Yeah. So for me, it's easy to think doom and gloom. I'm not going to think of it that way. Mm-hmm. I think this is good news because they're readying for the PlayStation 5. I think backwards compatibility is safe. You see the patents there. Yeah. Things are happening. So keep the faith. Yeah. Have faith in me. Kyle, the next story is a sad one. Oh, boy. Go for it. This one This one sucks. Um, Activision Blizzard lays off hundreds of employees. This our particular article comes from Kotaku. Publisher Activision Blizzard has begun its long-rumored layoff process, informing employees this afternoon that it will be cutting staff. On an earnings call this afternoon, the company said that it would be eliminating 8% of its staff. In 2018, Activision Blizzard had roughly 9,600 employees, which would mean nearly 800 people are now out of work. This afternoon, the mega publisher began notifying those who were being laid off across its various organizations, which include Activision, Blizzard, and King. On the earnings call, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick told investors that the company had once again achieved record results in 2018, but that the company would be consolidating and restructuring because of missed expectations for 2018 and lowered expectations for 2019. The company said it would be cutting mainly non-game development departments and bolstering its development staff for franchises like Call of Duty and Diablo. Meanwhile, in a press release to investors this afternoon, Activision CEO Bobby Kotick wrote, While our financial results for 2018 were the best in our history, we didn't realize our full potential. To help us reach our full potential, we have made a number of important leadership changes. These changes should enable us to achieve the many opportunities our industry affords us, especially with our powerful owned franchises, our strong commercial capabilities, our direct digital connections to hundreds of millions of players, and our extraordinarily talented employees. Fuck you, Activision. Yes. Fuck you, Activision. Uh, Here's where we start the segment we always do. On the trophy room when I remember it, and today is a great time to remember it. That's a trophy room shout out. Mm-hmm. There are so many people affected. Usually, we give shout outs to developers who we just want to share the love of video games with. Yep. We want to thank them. There are so many people out of jobs right now. Yep. If you know places that are hiring, if you know developers who are out of work, please give them a shout out. If they have links to their bios or profiles or whatever the case yep. may be, highlight these people. They need your help. Tell them how much you care. Tell them how much they mean to you. Thank them for all the good work that they've done and they're going to continue to do. This decision by Activision is one of the most greedy fucking decisions Mm -hmm. I've ever seen a company do. Yeah. You have posted mm. record numbers and you lay off 800 people. Especially because it was not in this article, but also their new CFO took a $15 million bonus. (coughs) And fucking that course gave, they do. Yeah, that was a few weeks it, weeks ago. They gave yeah. him a $15 million bo- bonus. Oh, I'm sorry. That was Blizzard's new CFO, I think. But either way. like. And here's the deal, right? Like, I, I was reading, I was doing a little bit more info on this. Bobby Kotick, in 2017, 
got how much money a year? $29 million from his job. Mm-hmm. If your company is in a direction that is not going that well, which obviously, though you're posting record profits, it can't be if you just fired almost a tenth of your freaking workforce. If yeah. your direction is piss poor, there has to be repercussions on your end, too. Like Nintendo mm-hmm. with with Iwata when he was alive, rest your soul, Iwata, is that he took a 50% cut of his pay because Nintendo was not in the right direction. And to show that he was willing to sacrifice, he's like, until things are fixed, until things work again, I'm taking a 50% pay cut. Because my honor and my integrity, my love of this country, uh, country this company should come first than my financial well-being. Instead of Bobby taking a pay cut so that maybe he doesn't have to lay off as many people, maybe he could give them better severance packages, maybe, instead, they're going to probably give themselves a bonus at the end of the year. Yep. Right? There's no yep. There's no pay rate. You just said it. A few weeks ago, someone got some fuckface who's eating caviar and shrimp cocktails while he orders some Lithuanian prostitutes. He got a $15 million raise. Yeah. While so many p- hundreds of people have to explain to their loved ones why they're going to need a loan from their, you know, yeah, their mom and, and pop. And this is, this or, is nothing new from what I, what I know from Activision. Yeah. Um, I believe I was reading the story today. Um, I, I can't think of where I found it. But basically, it was a now former employee of Activision or, excuse me, of Blizzard. Yeah. And when Activision and them merged... Uh, what they talked about was how, as a as a bonus, like "Hey, welcome to Activision" type of thing, they gave everyone free copies of Guitar Hero Aerosmith on the Wii. That was their way of like "Hey, welcome to Activision" type of thing, and it just the the detail of that employee and how shitty the relationship is with Activision and the way they kind of treat their employees, um, it, it's hurtful. Uh, I my heart goes out to everyone who lost their job. Like Joe said, if you see somebody on Twitter or any social media that just lost their job, show them some love, retweet their resumes because I I see them all the time. Um, also, if you see other companies say, "Hey, we're hiring," retweet, retweet it that. as well. Yeah. The the more it gets out there, yeah. the better it is. Naughty Dog so. did it. I think Insomniac also did it. There's yeah. so many companies out there doing it. Because they're talented people. They're talented. They're, they're 100% talented people. And, yeah. and, God, and it sucks. Adam Gumby claps back on Twitter via yeah, PS Trophy Room and says, with Activision Blizzard reports over the past few weeks, um, is it a huge deal or to freak out about this or is it not as big of a problem as people think? I think... It's all right to be upset. I'm upset. Mm-hmm. I know we know what it's like to be laid off. We say it every time when we hear layoffs. Um, I think it is a problem that yeah. you see that this is something that goes beyond <laughs> gaming. It also just goes behind uh, the capitalistic way of thinking in this country. Oh, I'm feeling the burn right now. When it comes to these CEOs, you see them giving themselves millions upon millions of dollars in bonuses and whatnot. And in stock options, and you see layoffs like this. This is troubling. This is yeah. not. This is. This is not how you it, run a business. Be, it'd be one thing if the business wasn't doing well, right? And they needed, unfortunately, to cut some money somewhere. Yeah. But this was after a record-breaking year in earnings. Yeah. 
And the fact that we we heard how much these CFOs and CEOs are making and the bonuses they're taking, uh, this could have been avoided. Yeah. This could have all that could have went back into the people that make that money possible for the higher ups. To me, it also worries me about the future of the industry because yeah. maybe this is something to cushion the blow for something that's coming. Like they said, it was non, it was non essential. Like I can't yeah. even say that. Like. It was non-gaming divisions or whatnot, but yeah. maybe they see something in the future that they're preparing for the blowback. Maybe they are going to hit that ceiling of growth and start going back down. I don't know, but it goes yeah. to show that bullshit defense of we need loot boxes to help support the developers, help support the game. We need uh, microtransactions. You have, look at Call of Duty. You have microtransactions. I believe you have loot boxes and you have a battle pass and the game made over a billion dollars and still that game's a disappointment. That's yeah. a problem. And, and there is my question to you, Joe, yeah. and to everyone who's listening. Yeah. At what point are expe- expectations from these huge companies too high? Why, why are they setting expectations that are that high? I think that's what we're starting to see right now. Yeah. And I feel like what's next? What is the next domino to drop if this is a domino to drop? Right? Yeah. Like, is it Ubisoft? Is it EA? Like, I don't know. It worries me, though, and I feel for so many people that are out of a job because uh, some dickhead's greed. There's just no way around it. I am furious because at the end of the day, nothing's going to happen. I see all these these bullshit YouTubers, Kyle. Let me take the fucking gloves off here for a second. I see all these bullshit YouTubers out there. I don't even need to say their names. There are probably all of them out there. First thing they see this headline, they're like, oh, my God, this is a good five to ten minutes of me bashing Activision. Everybody's going to like it. Everybody's going to give me the likes and whatnot. The watch ratio is going to be up. I'm going to make at least two three hundred dollars off this video. It's going to be dope. Right. They make they trash Activision. And then in two months where Call of Duty has their next beta. After they just said, oh, we should boycott Activision's the devil, you're going to have their impression videos the next freaking week of, is Call of Duty good? Question mark. Looking, pondering at the situation. Mm -hmm. Oh, surprise look at the thumbnail. Like, it's bullshit. And that's, that is alligator's tears to a fucking T. And I fucking hate it. And that's why making YouTube videos is so frustrating because you see so much fake outrage at so many certain things. Like last week, everybody's bashing EA. Now everybody's in love with Apex Legends. Oh, this is such Mm -hmm. a great launch. Like bullshit. You were just bashing it two days ago because, oh, we're not getting Titanfall 3. This is the worst thing ever. And now everybody's like, Apex Legends is the best battle royale I've ever played. It's like, you can't win. You nope. always have yeah. to be angry. But at the same exact time, you will you will bend the knee to these yep. corporations one way or mm-hmm. the other. Mm-hmm. Because you need that click. And yep. that's the disgusting thing I'm seeing. That's what has me so frustrated at the current landscape of gaming. It's gross. Yeah. It's fucking it gross. gross. And, and I'm sorry and, and, and I'm so not- much. The little Tim yeah. son in the back is gonna be like, "Dad, and, what's and this?" And I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and say like I've not been one of those people. Not as terms of like 
yeah. more of a public setting. But yeah. I've said multiple times, well, oh, no, I'm not going to buy this from them because I don't like what they're doing. And, and I end up doing it, which sucks. Yeah. And I, I, it's something I need to get better at. We all need to. I, but here's the thing, Kyle. Yeah. yeah. You boycott the next Activision game. Like, Sakiro, sure. I tried to look last night yeah. about if I could get it from PlayAsia because From Software publishes their own games there and I don't have mm-hmm. to give Activision a cent. I can't find it at PlayAsia without Activision's dumb, dumb logo there, right? Yeah. And so, and then GameStop's new policy, I have money down on Sekiro. I'm like, I only have GameStop credit if I want my money back? Bullcrap. So I'm like, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place because if you boycott these games, more people lose their job. And if you buy these games, you're saying, hey, Activision, you're doing great. Yeah. And it's just like... It's a deal with the devil, almost, yeah. To like to the extreme. It's because I love Warcraft, yeah. and now I'm looking at Warcraft Reforged, and I'm just like, do I? Yeah. Should I? Mm-hmm. What does Blizzard I, is unrecognizable to me? Blizzard, they're also like, oh, it was stagnant. The game is number like is always in the top ten of Twitch every single day. Yeah. They need that game to be in constant growth mode, or else it's it's. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Kyle. Yeah, Joe. Next, let, let's talk about the drop before I get. Go ahead. High blood let me pressure. hear it. Let me hear the bassy undertones of your voice. <sighs> Kyle, prepare the drop. This is. is the drop where each and every week the latest and greatest in PlayStation games comes out in the PlayStation blog. They highlight all the latest and greatest games, but since there's so many, we can only pick one. My pick for the week. Hyper Jam. Why? Because it gave me that 80s cyberpunk-ish vibe, and I'm down with it. Here's the description of Hyper Jam. Hyper Jam is a neon-soaked arena brawler with dynamic perk drafting system that makes each match different from the last. Fusion with lethal weapons, stackable perks, furious combat, and a killer synth soundtrack will keep you coming back for more. I also think this is the third cross-play game amongst all platforms. If I'm not mistaken, someone yell at me if I'm wrong. Very nice. It's a good pick. There you go. I love I love the style of that game. So yeah, that's a great pick. Yeah. My pick. Yeah. It's a bigger game. Yeah. It's Metro Exodus. Metro Fle- Exodus. Flee the shattered ruins of the Moscow Metro and embark on a con- continent-spanning journey across the post-apocalyptic Russian wilderness. Lose yourself in a sandbox survival experience and follow the thrilling storyline. So here's the thing. I have the first two games. I played a very little bit about them, but I love the vibe. Nice. I love the world. Nice. I love how you have to manage your um, gas masks because you can't be outside for too long because it's to- toxic. Yeah. I just love that world. And this new game, when we saw it at E3, I think last year for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, looked gorgeous. Uh, and I, I can't wait. I can't wait to play this game. All right. All right. And with that. That's oh, been the drop. Now, here. for Andrew House's Snail Mail. Now, listen, you can give us your questions at sure. PS Trophy Room on Twitter. You can give us your questions. I ask every single Wednesday morning or, or noon uh, mm-hmm. for questions for the Trophy Room. So you could go to the Casa Day Bad Bit Discord. You could go to PS Trophy Room and tweet at us your questions that you want read on the show. Or you can mail... To Andrew House, he, he, yeah. his address. I can't find it. He never gives me it. I always just stumble upon it every single week when I'm scouring for your questions. This week, I went to Andrew House's house because he's had a protective dome 
on it. So I can't oh, just, man. you know, you know, battle royale in there. Uh, he, I can't. He, there's like a magic force field around his house now. Something, yeah, yeah. He, he, okay. Like, you know, it's Britain, so they got Hogwarts over there, and that's how they. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But now he's built a moat with alligators in it. So what I had to do this week, instead of drilling holes because of the moat and because of the alligators, I had to. And then he has like this heat sensor cameras. He does not want oh, me geez. to get into his house or his mail. So what I do, I go into the bayou. Listen here, Bogdan. Listen here. I, and, and because the bayou, I got to wrestle an alligator or two. And because yeah. I got to be more mobile, I got to take my pants off. All right? <laughs> okay. So I got my baby maker and my gravy maker out there. Out in the wild oh, right there. And I'm Donald oh, Ducking God. I'm kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm so sorry. I'm kind of like Arnold Schwarzenegger in, in, in The Predator. I, I just <laughs> lather myself in mud. And then oh. I climb the walls so that the heat sensors can't see me. <laughs> I go up to the mail, and all of a sudden, bam, Andrew House grabs my arm. We have about yeah. a good karate sesh, like Matrix style. Sure. Of course, he gets me to the ground, but it's like kind of like his face <laughs> is where everything is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he gets kind of grossed out, and that's where I put him in a sleeper. I go, he almost had me this time, you son of a bitch. He almost had me. You'll never get me. You'll never get me. And then I take the mail. And now this week, we got a couple of, or again, you can just PS trophy room. You can so, just, yeah. really quick, yeah. while you were describing that, Joe, have, have you ever seen the movie Despicable Me? Never in my life. Okay. That reminded me, and shout out to everyone who Does he also Donald Duck kids. It? No, but it reminded me, there's a scene in that movie, the first one, okay. where Gru, voiced by Steve Carell, yeah is trying to get into the villain's house. And the villain has all these crazy, like, uh, defense mechanisms, like rockets yeah. and, like, an alligator, I'm pretty sure, is part of it. I was just imagining you as Gru trying to get to Andy House's <laughs> house like that. And I and now I can just, that's what I, I see. I hope you pictured me pantless like everybody else did in their car. Nope. I specifically blacked that out. <sighs> well, everything was hanging down low. <laughs> oh, Swing low, sweet chariots. <laughs> Marcus O'Neill writes in, By all accounts, 2019 has been off to a pretty good start for gaming. RE2, KH3, Apex Legends, Dream Beta, etc. It feels like something is meeting slash exceeding expectations. I'm curious what you guys think is likely to be some of the biggest disappointments in gaming this year. (sighs) I think that's kind of an interesting question. Um, I'm going to attack you for a second, Kyle. You're going to attack me? Yep, I'm going to attack you. All right, attack me. I mean, we we can't say Crackdown 3 because we're not an Xbox show, but Crackdown 3. Sure. Um, <laughs> just a troll of glory. He's the only guy that likes it. <laughs> First off, Crackdown 3 is my Aladdin. I liked what I saw in that Aladdin trailer. Okay. All right. I get it. He's not Robin Williams. Y'all need to get yeah. over it. What did you want to yeah. see? What did exactly. you want to see? Yep. But I think Metro Exodus is going to bomb. I you think, think it's, it's gonna, gonna be, bomb? I think it's gonna fall flat. I because th- um, I remember listening to a lot of outlets going like when we when they played the game, it was glitchy, it was buggy, mm. and I, from a lot of people, like from some people, I want to say a lot, they weren't overly impressed with the game. I think okay. that's the first game that's gonna stumble. Also, the messaging this year of the game being on the the Epic Store and whatnot, that whole controversy, the way sure. they worded it, it did not help that game whatsoever. Okay. So yeah, that's. that's I, I, I guess I can kind of understand that, but I played some glitchy games yeah. where I still love. I, I I feel like glitching glitchy games aren't 
necessarily necessarily mean it's a bad game mm. type okay. of thing. I think that stuff can be patched. Okay. Um, what do you for think? me, what do you think? It's it's kind of weird. I don't want to. I don't think of any game in particular, but knowing how wide open the year is, and there's not really much of a PlayStation presence mm. after April. Um, I'm thinking maybe this fall is going to be kind of disappointing. Okay. Because we don't know what's coming up. And there's no PlayStation at E3. There's nothing like, right. you know... Right now, what am I going to look forward to to ask Santa for? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, there's there's not much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't want to say Days Gone because I really think that's going to be great. Okay. But I can see other people say Days Gone could be a major disappointment. Mm. Mm. All right. All right. And I met... One of the most famous Seamus I've ever met in my life. Yeah. He writes in via Discord. He says, since it's Valentine's Day tomorrow as I'm typing this, do you, who do you think is the best video game couples? It's a good question. Hmm. Let me see. Let Can me I look go around. first so you, don't, so you don't steal it from yes. me? Okay. It's Elena and Nathan Drake. They have such a great relationship. Yeah. Uh, and you see it grow from each game. Uh, they are relationship goals as far as I'm concerned in hmm. video games. Hmm. This is a good one. I mean, yeah. a cop-out one would be Spider-Man, Mary Jane. Mary Jane. But he's, yeah. he's a comic book character. Sure. I don't know if many people know that. He's from a comic book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can think of a lot of other ones. Um, I would say Mario and Peach, but they still, that, they're like on and off. It's like, get. That's a, a weird relationship. Honestly, yeah, that's more dysfunctional. That's a bad relationship. Yeah. You don't want to be anywhere near that. I want to I wanna shout out my Shepherd and Miranda from Mass Oh Effect my God, yes. The sexual chemistry. <laughs> 100%. You know, Jesus, Miranda. A uh, whole lot of women. Uh, Cloud and, and Aerith from Final Fantasy VII. Aerith? Could- Is that. Oh, Aerith is like her official like Japanese one. Oh, I, I think okay. they named it Aerith okay. when she came over. Um, Titus and Yuna, Final Fantasy X. I'm so sorry, I hit the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I even like the Squall and uh, Renoa uh, relationship in Eight, which is a great game. Joe Afterwork knows it. We we agree. Final Fantasy VIII is a great Final Fantasy. Come at me. You know what? I've never seen. Uh, I'm sorry, I haven't. Played the rest of Final Fantasy, sorry, sorry, Final Fantasy, Resident Evil 4, but uh, Ada and Leon need to smush pronto. <laughs> I'm feeling it, uh-huh. I, and ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it, because they are two attractive people, yeah. and I want to watch. That's all I'm going to say. Sure. And also, you know what? Shout out to Mr. X, because he's just looking for love. He's wandering <laughs> around wants, the right? lonely corridors. Looking Speaking of that, did you see? Uh, I don't know what version of the game is, mm. but two Mr. X's showed up. Yeah, as a glitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's oh, terrifying. That's, that, that's terrifying. That's yeah, literally sure. the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he follows me on Twitter. It's real scary. I just kind of want him to unfollow me. Shout, shout out to whoever made that because that's yeah, genius. You're doing the that's Lord's genius. work, but at the same exact time, please just unfollow. Exactly. <laughs> With that said, guys, that has been the trophy room. But before we let you go, there's a getting fit with bad bit update. Yeah. Um, I lost a pound this week. So last week, I believe Sweet. I said I was 347. Uh huh. Now I'm 346. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I weighed myself 
with some food still in my stomach, which he said not nice. to do. Just kind of like weigh yourself first thing yeah. in the morning. So mm-hmm. you know what? I'm like I'm I'm liking it so yeah. far. I'm liking Congrats, the progress. Buddy. It doesn't have to be five pounds a week. It'd be hella dope, but that's not realistic. One yeah. pound is good enough for me. I don't know if I said this since we're in this segment. I don't know if I said it on the show last week, uh, or, but I told you afterwards. Yeah. Um, I am now like a month without soda. You don't need it, which is which is massive uh, for me mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it feels good. Yeah, man. I had was it today? I ate pretty well today. I did. I, I've been making sure. Well, my major thing is is that I know I eat way too many carbs. Because mm-hmm. I love sandwiches. That's my favorite yeah. thing. I, I'm a cheese oh, person. Che- I a good a cheese, cheese is good, yeah. For me, good like, cheese. I'll make anything into a sandwich. Like, you give me bread, I'll make it into a sandwich. That's sometimes, okay. like, it, like breakfast, I'll have a sandwich. Like, egg sandwich, whatever. Like, lunch, yeah. I'll have a sup or whatever. Yep. Dinner time, like, I'll have a burrito or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of carbs. So, I was just like, you know what? I think it's just holding a lot of water within me because I feel really bloated. And also, mm-hmm. it just can't be good. So I got to cut down. What I do now is I make sure I have at least two meals where they're not carb heavy. And one meal nice. like where it's just completely it's out of the picture. So like I'll always have like a salad I've started to do instead of, for lunch instead of like a sandwich. Because you don't need it. That's great. You know? Yeah. And for breakfast, I always have eggs and... Turkey bacon. Sweet turkey bacon, so good. Dude, it's so good. So good. It's better than regular bacon, if you you ask me. With that, Kyle, listen, we made it an hour and some change into what was how many pages of notes? 11 pages. Yeah. That was a big week. That was nuts. And I. This was an E3 level week without like game reveals. Honestly, Sean Layden, next time talk a little fucking less. Or spread it out. Yeah, it, Kyle, you got some things you want to plug before we go? Absolutely. I'll plug myself yeah. like usual. Ninja 73 on Twitter and on PSN. Send me those friend requests. Uh, my show all about the kind of funny community mm-hmm. called Best Friends Talk Funny. You can find that on Twitter at BFS Talk Funny. Uh, I had an episode go up this uh, past Monday with Emmett. Watkins Jr. Uh, at EJ Sponge 61 on Twitter. Also, he writes for a website called Los Harrow Games. They're doing a um, fantasy PlayStation All Star Battle Royales 2 roster where two writers write who they want to go in and then you vote for who wins that match oh. and then they make the roster that way. It's super great. Mm-hmm. Go check them out. Mm-hmm. And I record a new episode as you're listening to this tomorrow. With the one and only Snowbike Mike of the Kind of Funny community. It's the hype master himself. Right. So I need. I am so excited. I need to do extensive research yes. and notes. I'm ready. Okay, Kyle, I have a question for you. Because you always you say, guys, put questions down below on Twitter. I ask you right here. Camera's live. Sure. Let's get Snowbike, Snowbike Mike on the show. Because he's a positive force in gaming. Yes. He's so positive. He is such an awesome guy. And seriously, he, he seems like a sweetheart. I want him on the show. Yeah. Though he plays on some other systems that we're not allowed <laughs> to say legally yeah. uh, the Xbox. We don't care. We're all about that cross-play, whether Sony Absolutely. is or not. That's what we're all about. Love to have him on the show. That's my question yeah. for the week. Sure. I will most, I'll write it down right now so I don't forget. All right. Good. Good. <laughs> with that said, with all that out of the way, everybody keep hunting and keep playing PlayStation. Bye. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. Hey. Kyle, will you be mine? Oh, of course, Joe. Yeah, hetero life mates for let's life. Go, let's go kill some people in Apex Legends. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>